Brand photography has become a huge source of revenue for a lot of photographers these days. And it is amazing because as personal brands and lifestyle brands become more and more popular and ubiquitous, people need a ton of visual content for their websites, for their social media. Um, and not all content creators are photographers, so they need our help in order to have that content to put out there. And I think a lot of photographers are really excited to take advantage of this as a revenue source because it is very flexible. You can bring in that money in, you know, the middle of the week. Um, you're working with an individual, but there's a lot that goes into it, right? It's a different kind of contract. It's a different kind of deliverable. And perhaps more intimidating than anything, it's a different flow of a shoot when you're photographing just one person for, let's say, a couple of hours at a time. So I'm super excited for today's conversation with Vicki Knights and Eddie Judd from Shoot, Edit, Chat, Repeat. They have just released a brand new course on brand photography, and they are joining me here all the way from across the pond to chat with me about it. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Vicki and Eddie, it is so wonderful to finally have you on my podcast. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. Hello. Thank you, Anami. It's very lovely Thank to you. be here. We are um, <laughs> juggling time zones to begin with and then juggling <laughs> the, um, what's it called, the uh, time change on top of all of it. So I'm saving happy that we- Daylight are, saving hours. Daylight savings time is like- you save daylight, but you lose your mind. I think that's yes. how that works out. Very confusing. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, well, I'm super excited to chat with you guys today. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on, but I would love to just kind of start off with a general introduction for any of my poor dear listeners who don't yet know you guys and your show. <laughs> um, so Vicki, let's start with you. Why don't you jump in? Actually, yeah, let's do individual intros and then we'll talk about the two of you together. Shall I go first? Yes, please. Okay. So I'm Vicky Knights. Um, so I've been. There it is. <laughs> I'm Vicky Knights. Um, <laughs> I've been in business since 2008. So it makes me sound quite ancient. Um, I started in just solely family photography and then couple of years into my business started doing headshot and what is now known as branding photography it wasn't back then um so I've been doing that for over a decade as well I've always had I get bored quite easily so I've always had lots of other things that I do alongside the family photography so I've I run workshops for parents for nine years I now train photographers as well and I have programs and courses um, and obviously three years ago me and Eddie started our podcast shoot edit chat repeat as well so I, I love having lots of stuff going on it's the uh the curse of the creative right there's always yeah. like oh ooh, this is interesting let's keep going yeah. magpie <laughs> that's right <laughs> I literally was saying that to a friend uh this morning actually and I said 
you're like me, you've got a creative mind. And as soon as I give myself a bit of space, like, you know, have a bath or a shower or something, I'm like, oh, I could do this too. It's like, no, Eddie, mm. just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was, I've been doing, are you guys, um, do you know the Enneagram? Have you taken yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that like people talk about it all the time. And I'm always like, yeah, I should take the Enneagram, but I'm always afraid. I'm always afraid to take personality tests. Cause I'm like, what, it, what's, <laughs> what's going to happen? What am I going to learn that I don't want to know? Um, but I feel like, yeah. So I've been diving into this because for the family narrative in the next round of our like online membership thing, one of the conversations that we're having is about the Enneagram. So I had to take it and, uh, what were you? Well, I don't, I don't know. Really? <laughs> I do know. Okay. I don't know if I'm ready to share because oh, I'm still sure. learning. We can, we'll tell I you. Reckon, I reckon you're, I reckon you're a three. I am a three. Yes. And so are both of us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. really? And three that. with seven. Three, we're both oh, exactly the same. Three That's with so seven, exactly. Is, isn't yeah. that weird? Yeah. That I'm, is weird. And but... I'm a little bit of two as well, which is a health. So, so I'm still learning about the, the wing stuff or whatever it is. Um, so I haven't gotten quite that far, but my primary one is, yeah, is a three. Isn't, so we're all <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah. That is so funny. And um, yeah, so, but one of the things that I was reading about that is this whole, you know, like you're just constantly like, oh, new thing, new thing. And yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, that's me for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, well, let's talk about you, Eddie. What is, uh, what's, your background and well I'll, um, I'll try and keep it good. short <laughs> so yeah I mean I I love photography since I was a child my dad was quite a keen amateur photographer and so kind of grew up with it had a dark room in the in my house when I was like 16 did photography at university and then mm-hmm. but I didn't I worked as a picture researcher in an image library and on a magazine as a picture editor I, so I didn't start my own business until about 12 years ago um and then yes just now I'm just loving life because I get to do what I really love to do and I've always been fascinated taking pictures with people even when I was on my degree so just I'm just loving it really but yeah I'm a family photographer and a branding photographer I was doing weddings as well but I'm moving out a bit of weddings now so I do short weddings um Mm -hmm. but they don't work so well with my lifestyle now so um yeah and then like Vicky said we've got the podcast and also I teach photographers um how to get the best out of Lightroom so you know I'm always um talking about editing with photographers as well and teaching them about best workflow practices and things like that so busy 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 (laughs) yes indeed well and then how did the two of you cross paths like what what's the story there Vicky was my stalker and I had to get a <laughs> I actually reached out in a very nice way Eddie so um I so back sort of thought, well this is back in 2009 I suppose 2010 and uh but it, the photography community was very different back then so yeah. I I sort of found a lot of people would keep their cards quite close to their chest they weren't they weren't as open as they are now and so we used to chat to people a bit on Twitter and then I saw Eddie was just down the road Loved her work. It was quite a similar style to mine. And so I just sent her a message and said, oh, I can see you're down the road. Um, you know, it's nice to have another photographer down the road. And we just got chatting. She was actually friendly back to me, whereas other people hadn't been so friendly. And she was lovely. And then we went for a drink. We like went on our first date. We did. And um, it just went it just went from there. Yeah, I, I um, remember that. I remember that first date very clearly. And 
And Vicky's not changed at all. She just loves to like ask loads of questions. She just, you know, is really interesting people. So, you know, I love that. She was really interested in me. So, you know, how can you not you were, like somebody when they just like... ask about yourself all the time? <laughs> you were one of the first, photo- I'd been to one trade show, but you were like the first photographer I could actually sit and talk. Like I hadn't really spoken to many other photographers because there just weren't the communities around that there are now. So I was just really excited to have a photographer friend. Yeah. yeah. And, and now we're real life am. friends, not just <laughs> photographer friends. Yeah. Not just photographer friends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's our love you story. guys have both been in this business for about the same amount of time, a little bit longer, it sounds like than I have. But um, one of the things, you know, I often think about the new photographers now. And I, in some ways I feel sorry for them because I feel like the competition right now is just Mm -hmm. so fierce. Like the longer digital has been around, the longer Instagram has been around, like all of it has elevated so much of the art. There's so much more, you know, information out there. I mean, when we were starting I was like, oh, I like how the background looks blurry in that photo. I wonder how I can make that happen. <laughs> but there, I didn't even know the words to look on YouTube. And there were just, yeah. there were so few resources at that point. Um, yeah. But now I guess, you know, on the flip side, people do have, there is, there is a lot more, there, there are a lot more resources out there for learning. And it seems like the culture has shifted so that it's not this, like, mm. don't look at me, yeah. don't copy me. Now it's, there's a lot more free exchange of information, which yeah. is nice. I think yeah. that even 10 years ago, I think that people were, oh, there's so much more competition these days. So I don't know whether that ever really changes. I mean, you can, you know, we see photographers come and go, right? You know, people go, oh, yeah, I, mm. I, I want to do this as a job. And then they find it really hard to make it a business. So then right. it fails. So, but I, yeah, I know what you mean. I feel sorry because there's definitely more photographers out there. But then at the same time, photographers have got so much more information that they can uh they can pick up and you know it back then it was like oh keep your secrets close to your chest and people would say to me but aren't you giving away your secrets it's like yeah but I actually want to help our industry I want to help it grow Mm. I want to be able to charge more money and if everybody else is not doing it that then it's just going to undervalue our whole industry so yeah you know it's it's swings and roundabouts isn't it yeah Yep. Yep. We're not magicians. We don't have to like keep everything to ourselves. No, exactly. I do think, you know, like you were saying, you feel sorry for them because of the competition, but also although it's an amazing thing, there's so much information education out there, but as a newbie, it must be quite overwhelming because there's so much, isn't there? Everyone trying to sell you their course and there's so many different ones. So I think that must be pretty overwhelming. Whereas when we started out, it was more a case of, I remember Creative Live when that started going, oh my God, this is amazing. Seeing like Tamara Lackey and Sue Bryce and Jasmine Starr and just eating it all up because there was nothing else out there that was just the only stuff that I could find do you want to hear a funny story yeah um yeah. I was in the live audience for one of the early creative lives were you which <laughs> were one you? who who was it the Bambi Cantrell posing and lighting one. Oh, oh really wow it is that <laughs> I mean, I was brand new. I was like a year into business. And I, I mean, it's just so I recently saw a couple of clips from that and was semi mortified about the whole thing. But it's really because yeah, exactly. Creative Live was the only show in town. Yeah. 
Yeah, that so. would have been like my dream come true at the time. Like, yeah. was, I'd love to have been in the audience. So. It was, well, it was, it was very exciting. And I had really yeah. just found them. And that, I always joke, that was my one and only foray on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I mean, I, I have an account, but I've never done anything with it. Except that I applied because that was how they were taking applications as you would submit a video via Twitter. Right. I actually um, really miss that kind of newbie feeling as well. How excited yeah. you were to learn from other photographers yeah. as well. I actually yeah. kind of am envious that mm. I don't get that feeling so much anymore. I mean, there's always there's always stuff you can learn. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it was just such a thrill. Yeah, it it was. And I feel like that was when you could barely pry my camera out of my hands. And these days, it really does get to a point where it's like, okay, it's my child's birthday, I should really get the big camera. Yeah, I'm exactly. But then I'm going to have to edit these photos. And yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Like a busman's oh. holiday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that a phrase in America? Busman's holiday? Yeah, I don't know. No. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. It's, it's like, how do you expect? Yeah, it's a really weird phrase. It's yeah. basically like that if you're doing it for a job and then you have to do it, like if you're a taxi driver uh-huh. and then you have to taxi people around at the weekend. So I don't oh, know where sure. Bassman's holiday comes from. How weird. Oh, God that is funny. I love all the little We use that all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously no one understands us. <laughs> no, no. It just depends on where they are, I suppose. And I love learning those things. My, my best friend is Canadian. And she lives here in the States, but every once in a while, and I have known her for 14 years, every once in a while, she'll let slip some phrase or other that she says totally differently. I'm like, what? What do you mean the produce section of the grocery store? Yeah. And we have a laugh about it, but. Oh, at least you well, laugh. <laughs> I know. Well, that's, that is an important piece of friendship, right? Yeah. Um, well, tell me a little bit more about how the two of you... I understand how you came together, like how you started working together, what that looks like. Um, And I recognize that your businesses are still separate, but in terms Mm. of education and things like that. Um, I think so. um, Oh, oh, sorry, Vicky. Shall I go? You go. So I think that obviously we became friends and then we would start bouncing ideas off each other for our own businesses. Um, And then... Was there something that we did before the podcast? Yes, because we spoke at the convention, at the SWPP convention. So oh, yeah, we did we a couple did of presentations that. there. Yeah. Yeah, and then so um, we, we did, did a couple did... of presentations um, at a convention talking about family photography. And we really enjoyed doing that, actually. And we got really good feedback from that. And we started to sort of build up a community and, you know, we like, you know, there'd always be the same kind of people at these conventions. It was just really nice to create that community. And then Vicky was always into podcasts, but my husband was obsessed with podcasts. And then I suddenly started getting into them. And I thought, you know, one of those creative moments where you go, oh, maybe I could do this. So I said to Vicky, I think we should do a podcast. And literally her eyes and usually she goes well not my ideas (laughs) but that time she was like oh I could just see she was like well actually you know this could be good and and then it was just a total baptism of fire we had no idea what we were doing technically wise you know we didn't know anything about sound um 
you know, we we just started interviewing our friends, basically, and everyone just loved it. So it's really spurred us on. And we just we just love creating that community. Yeah, I love your show. We, um, and oh, I, I it, sometimes I listen to it and I get jealous because I'm like, oh, it's so nice to have like another, you know, wingman to like bounce all yeah. your stuff off of. But um, if anybody who's listening has not listened to shoot, edit, chat, repeat, Put it in your podcast um, queue and make sure that you get over there. It's like hanging out with friends for an oh, hour. It's oh, thank fun. you. We bounce off each but other we, quite well. Yeah. And when you mentioned it to me, because I thought myself, oh, you know, I'd quite like to have a podcast, but was just too terrified to do it by myself. I just thought, oh, I don't know if I want to reach out to people. And I just, yeah, I just didn't want to do it by myself. And as soon as Eddie mentioned it, I was like, yes, because... <laughs> What I what I wanted to create, um, I used to listen, I listen to, still do, listen to loads of business podcasts, but I also love entertainment podcasts as well, like when they're just interviewing someone, just having a chat. And so we wanted to kind of merge the two together so people would feel like they're just sitting down having a cup of tea with a couple of friends, yeah. but also taking away some really good knowledge at the same time. So hopefully we've blended those two things together nicely. Yeah. It's like having okay. a bit of office banter, isn't it? You know, we kind of missed that yeah. from the days that we worked in an office, so... And, you know, I've mm. never I've never been one for wanting to work alone, really, anyway. So, uh, yeah. you know, luckily, lucky, lucky me, I found Vicky. Uh, Yay! That's good. <laughs> and that, I think, underscores something that is so important for all photographers to to know, because the, the business can be super isolating and mm. lonely. And even if you're going, you know, to conferences or things like that periodically, and certainly, you know, everybody's on social media, but having even just one photographer friend who is like, you're chatting with them and you're bouncing ideas off of them and that sort of thing. It can be the difference, I think, b- between like somebody who burns out really fast and somebody who's able to stick around. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a major plus. Well, let's talk a little bit more about branding photography because you guys have a brand new class um, that you are offering and I want to get into that. But you both mentioned in your history that you have independently done some brand work for um, people. And I think, Vicki, you had said that when you started with that, it wasn't even called that. So let's start no. there. What what did it used to be called? Was it just so like- It was corporate? just headshots. Like oh, yeah. Yeah, corporate, yeah, corporate photography, portraits, some people called it, or just headshots. So um, I started doing it because I set up this group of business mums near where I lived. There was no business mums kind of networking group. So mm-hmm. I had very small kids at the time, wanted that community. So I set it up and then a lot of them started saying to me, oh, I need a headshot for- I don't even know if LinkedIn was around though. Probably Facebook. I think it just Facebook was just about sort of starting out. I'm right. that old. Um, so people just needed headshots. So I started setting up like headshot mornings where I just took a few photos of them. So that's how I started and then started running these headshot mornings a lot and was occasionally doing like longer sessions, but again, would just call them kind of a corporate session. And then it was really about four years ago that personal branding as a concept really kicked off and so suddenly I started getting a ton of inquiries for branding shoes so I was like I really need to get this on my website I had headshots on there but didn't even have the term branding photography on my website four years ago right um so then set up a separate Instagram profile got a whole section together on my website got a new brochure and you know, really, I could easily do that on its own now. But I love my family photography too much that I love doing the two together. 
Um, so that's how, yeah, that's kind of how I started in it is it was just people requesting it. And now there just seems to be this huge demand for it because so many people, I think back then all you needed was one headshot for your about me page. And that was pretty much it. Now, if you're a coach, for example, or anyone like that, that doesn't have anything to show, we're really lucky. We have all these lovely images to show. They need to be sharing photos of themselves constantly on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So they, there's such a demand for it at the moment. So Eddie, what about you? How did you get into doing? Yeah, well, it was kind of in a similar way. People were asking me to do it. I wasn't going out looking for the work and I was doing families and weddings um, back then. And I would have, and I always had good um, relationships with wedding suppliers because that was the way that I would get good weddings really. Mm -hmm. And they lots of the suppliers started well a few of the suppliers started to ask me to do more than just a headshot um of them and so I would be showing them in their office or um uh, in their florist studio for example one of the first ones she said to me she was a florist and she said to me I want some photos for my website like the bloggers have I mean that kind of shows how long ago it was because it's like I want it like the bloggers have I mean, just, that's just not a thing anymore. <laughs> um, and so I, I was like, oh, what is this? This is really new. I don't even really know what she means. So I had to go and research it. And and she almost knew, she knew the shop she wanted more than me then. And mm-hmm. anyway, she ended up being the florist for uh, Meghan and Harry's wedding, which was amazing oh, wow. for me. Topical. So, yeah. Yeah, topical. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so it was wedding suppliers saying, right, I want you to show me in front of my venue. I want you to show me doing my work. And then, yeah, doing, so I was doing headshot sessions and then it just evolved into personal branding, which I, I really, really love it because you really have to get to know that person really well to do a good job for them as well. Sure. So, Talk to me a little bit about the differences between what it is to do personal brand photography versus families or weddings. Like, how does that niche, you know, how is that different from all the other ones? So, um, well, I sorry, think it's I totally... like I should call on you. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're both kind of pausing to to see who's going to talk as well. It's, uh-huh. like, it's so complicated, isn't it? And also my Wi-Fi has definitely got a delay. So I can see you guys going, is she going to talk? No? <laughs> um, so uh, I, it is quite different because although obviously on a family shoot, you have to prepare your client and to get the best out of them, you know, tell them, give them advice on what to wear, try and find out a little bit about the kids you can go up and you can go on a shoot and you can make a, we can make a good shoot on a personal branding shoot. You've really got to delve in more what the person is like, not only just their personality, but what their business is about, you know, what their branding is, any colors, you know, it's, it's, there's so much more involved before the actual shoot happens so that you can really get the best out of it. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of clients really need their hand holding through the whole thing. You know, and you're, you're, 
you'll have different, you know, you have to adapt to each client. Some clients will come and they'll have a really clear idea of what they want. They've written their shop list. They know exactly. Some will just say, I'm leaving it in your hands. I have no clue. And they have no idea about branding or anything like that. So, you know, they haven't got an identity, brand identity or any brand words or anything like that. So you sort of have to hold hold their hand a little bit more. But yeah, there's, like Eddie said, there's just so much more preparation that, that goes into the shoot beforehand. I do actually find the shoot itself easier because let's face it on a family shoot there's a lot more unknowns you've got kids there and often dogs as well Mm -hmm. so you never know really what's going to happen whereas when you've just got one female in front of you that's doing what you say oh my god hallelujah um but it's all the prep beforehand that you need to do with them with clothing and location and props and everything else and I think the more that you um prepare them and um, help them beforehand the more sales you're going to have afterwards because with branding mm. photography it's very much about the upsell afterwards it's not like with weddings where you you go in with one price and and they say yep this is the price I want for all the pictures and an album um, you go in and you are saying right it's this much for this many pictures and then you're trying to get that upsell as well that right. and if you do a good job mm. beforehand you're going to sell more so it's, it's just as important for you as it is for them yeah right the it's intimidating to me I've done a handful of brand photography shoots for people who I know through my family work um you know so somebody will have their own business and we'll be like oh do you offer this as well sure I can do that but it is it's a totally that preparation is totally Mm. different and then there's not just the preparation but there's like when as a family photographer I am used to playing people off of each other as that's my that's my pose I mean I do know how to pose people but I'm not a portrait photographer in that way um or I generally don't bill myself as one so when I'm working with a an individual, it is a very different thing. One of the things Mm. that I often try and do with families is, you know, I'm chattering the whole time. Like I'm just talk, talk, talk. Um, And I know that they can't, I I don't want them to respond all the time because I don't want talking mouth. (laughs) Yeah. I'm coining that phrase right now. Um, (laughs) Talking mouth. But at the same time, (laughs) when it's just one person, you, you really, uh, you almost can't do that. I don't know. It's hard. I feel like now I'm totally babbling, but um, when I have gotten into doing those shoots, I always feel exhausted afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, it's like we've had um, people that normally shoot weddings or they do engagement shoots a lot. And they're like, I'm fine with two people. I have no idea what to do with one person when they're just looking at me, expecting me to say something. And I do remember feeling quite intimidated by that myself at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, headshot session, fine. They're with me like 10, 20 minutes, no problem. But suddenly when they were with me for two hours, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with them for two hours? And obviously that just comes from experience and preparation that's all part of the preparation is knowing you know having your shot list and knowing exactly what you're going on to next because if you're just in a blank room for two hours then you're going to (laughs) struggle yeah for sure um well so talk to me a little bit about what some of the benefits are to adding personal brand work into your portfolio of what you offer hang on guys i have a quick message for you Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? 
Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. So I think one of the main, so one of the main things for me is why I've sort of shifted my business um, so that I pretty much do half and half now. Um, is because when, so when my boys were very young, it suited me perfectly to do family photography. I'd skip out of the door on a Saturday morning going, bye, um, you know, because I'd been with them all week. So I right. was like, yay, I get to go off and work on a Saturday. Now it's slightly different. They're both at school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they both have homework during the week. Saturday, you know, my son's playing football. I want to go and watch him. You know, we're doing lots of family activities at the weekend and I don't want to miss that. Mm-hmm. So actually midweek work to me is much better. Yep. And most of the families, I don't really do newborn shoots that much. Um, so most of my families have school aged children. So they want either school holidays or weekends, um, which I'm willing, you know, and I do do that, but I don't want to shoot every weekend. So the fact that now I have a lot of midweek work is fantastic. And it also with families and with weddings, what's brilliant about branding work is there's no off season. Mm -hmm. So I don't shoot because it's cold here in England over the winter. So I stop my family shoots by about mid November and start again, normally end of March. But I do branding shoots throughout that whole time because a lot of the time we can shoot inside or only outside for a short time. They don't tend to go as blue as children do when they're outside in the cold either. Um, So it just fits in from a timing perspective. It fits in perfectly with family work or wedding work, I think. Yeah, and I think that that's very topical at the moment because obviously a lot of photographers have realised that you know, there maybe they're just focusing on one particular genre of photography and maybe that's not such a good idea that they need to disaster proof their business and everyone's thinking about the pivot and, uh, you know, adding in those, that kind of genre of uh, work into your quiet seasons means that at least you're earning some money then uh, just in case something, God forbid, happens again. Um, so it's it's just a really it just works alongside families and weddings really, really well, actually, you know, there's a, like we've said, there's a big crossover of clients. So um, it, it's just a really great thing to add to your portfolio of work. And so I can go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I can, I can regularly be on a shoot, um, you know, say if I'm on a branding shoot and they're we get talking about kids and they're like, do you do family photography as well? Cause they found me directly through that. I'm like, I absolutely do family photography. I'll send you a link. And then they book me with their family because we've got along really well and we've kind of got that bond now and vice versa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of a lot of clients that come to me for both. both yeah, types I've, of work, I've, I've done weddings, families and uh, corporate personal branding or like a corporate shoot for one client. You know, all yeah, of those yeah. things. I am their photographer for every aspect. Get them locked in life. for life. Yeah, that's it. You're stuck with yeah. me. And that's what you're aiming for, isn't it? You want to be somebody's personal photographer. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. 
Well, and that was, that actually leads me exactly into the next thing that I was going to ask about, which is, so are those things together on your website or do you offer them, you know, is it like you have a brand photography website and a family website? No, I, I, I think that, um, I think it's a good idea to have it just on one website because there is such a good crossover and mm -hmm. you can have your separate pages for the different types of things that you do they're almost like a mini website themselves I mean when I was doing I did families first and then weddings and lots of wedding photographers didn't want to have family photography on their websites but I was very much like no I'm not separating those I, I love family photography family photography is really important to me so if they're looking on my website and going oh I'm a bit scared because there's children then they're not my <laughs> client you know right. so that's so I've always kept everything photography wise on one website because then everybody mm. like we said it's, it's a great crossover so and also for SEO wise it's not a great idea to have separate websites as well like my website is really well established because I've been in business for so many years. I've been blogging for over a decade. So once I put the personal branding page up, I was like straight away on page one for Google. Now, if I'd have started a brand new website, that wouldn't have happened. Right. I also have heard, I don't think Google's very happy when the, when you have a new website and it's like the same name as well. Yeah. So that's, I would, that's bad. I think unless you're doing two different genres that are like, say if you were doing family photography and really saucy boudoir for example right. then I wouldn't have that on the same website <laughs> but I think because my style is very similar across both and I know that mums that I'm targeting when they see these really stylish and lovely branding shots of other females they're not going to be put off by that they're just going to be like wow they look amazing yeah and it's going to encourage them to book me more I think for their family work and maybe let them they recommend me to a friend of theirs who's just started up a business as well so yeah I definitely think keep it on one website yeah. And it seems like both of you, most of the personal branding work that you do is with women. Is, is that true? Yes. I, I have photographs of men. If I'm honest, I don't tend to share those ones just because my target market is female. So yeah. I tend to, I absolutely, and sometimes men contact me and go, do you photograph men? Because I can't find any on your website. I'm like, yes, I do. But my target market is women. So that's yeah. what I show. Yeah. I think it's just for some reason, it's just become a much bigger thing for women to, to do than, than men. Um, I mean, I do, I'd probably do more men than Vicky. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> I, I have no idea why that is. No idea. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> that sounded really bad. I have oh. it here recorded in my computer. Oh, <laughs> just no. take that snippet on me I and just use that as the... Uh... <laughs> I've been married oh. for nearly 20 years, even though I'm 21. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, so yeah, they kind of just want something for their LinkedIn. So they want a headshot, right? They don't yeah. want a whole set of images yeah. mm -hmm. for a, a website because it's, it, I, I can you even imagine that? It's just, <laughs> no. So yeah, I definitely. Actually, I did do a coach. I did a male coach recently and he wanted loads for his website. He was fantastic. He had loads of different outfits and everything. Love so it. it does happen, but yeah. obviously it's not as common as when you get female entrepreneurs. So it's, I would have that. Yeah, I think that it's Instagram as well, isn't it? It's just a very, it's a, it's a big place for creative business owners, female creative business owners to be and, you know, really showcasing their work to each other. And I love that, you know, and yeah. it's just become a mm. thing. 
Yeah. Mm. And, and I also think that even if you're not, I'm assuming that in addition to doing portraits of these entrepreneurs, you're probably also doing a fair amount of like, I don't know, filler type images for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of times that's where you can really probably round out the thing that you sell them. And they're like, oh, this would be really handy to have all these nice looking photos for my website or my Instagram or whatever. Cause yeah, there's so much content. And as photographers, I think we lose sight of how lucky we are to be able to create that stuff for ourselves very quickly and relatively easily versus, you know, the vast majority of people out there who uh, have to have to hire. Yeah, but it, then, it, then it, you know, yes. it works the same way, you know, with their businesses, you know, like yeah. I might photograph an accountant and they're lucky that, they, you know, they don't have to pay That's an accountant. True. So um, <laughs> they, could they have themselves. to do accounting all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I Sorry think I prefer that. my job. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, you know, yeah. it comes back to what you were saying earlier about how it must with new photographers how it must be overwhelming because there's so yeah. many new photographers out there but because Instagram has grown our love of imagery it's almost mm -hmm. like there is enough work out there because people's desire for good imagery has been created from that just a very image driven world at the moment so maybe mm -hmm. that's not such a bad thing as well. And we are visual consumers. I mean, and not just we photographers, like humans in general. I think that um, it, you know, it can be a huge. Uh, I think brands are beginning to recognize that that it it sells. It helps them promote their business in a big way. Yeah, and keeping um, it real, not too staged. You know, make right. it although a professional photo, but keep it looking real and authentic and approachable rather yeah. than a real studio heavy lit kind of portrait which never is going to yeah. be yeah I mean it's and nice I to have seen stock photos coming so far now because for so long I mean they were so bad and <laughs> and so yeah. obviously stock photos and now it mm. seems like we've finally moved past that yeah, and I think, I mean, years ago, people did used to say, so have you got backdrops and you're going to bring lights? And now I never get asked that question. Yeah. People just understand, you know, I think with um, the rise of Pinterest and like you're saying, Instagram, everyone gets it and they want those magazine style images. That's what they want. They don't want the mottled background and, and lights, which is brilliant because that's what we offer, not the mottled background, but <laughs> the <Right>. other bit. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, people get what we're trying to offer because yeah, they've been on Pinterest. They know exactly what they want. That's awesome. Well, tell me a little bit more about the course that you're offering. It is the art and business of personal brand photography. And Eddie, why don't you jump in and give us the overview? Oh, but Vicky's so much better at the spiel than me. Do I have <laughs> to? Take it back. Vicky, why don't you jump in and give us the overview? <laughs> Oh, well passed over, Eddie. Um, so yes, we created this course because so many people were asking us about it. They kept saying, can you do some episodes about it? But there's so much that we needed to say that it was more than we could just get across on a podcast episode. So um, the whole course is self-study. So you've got lifetime access to it. And we cover absolutely everything from um, how to fit it in with your life, from how to price it, how to prepare. We've got lots of videos about how to prepare. So locations outfits props then um pros it prosing that's a new thing uh, posing Ooh, like and it. prompts <laughs> i could just put that together merge them yeah prosing. <laughs> 
posing. So posing is like you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> we need to copyright that immediately. Immediately. Um, <laughs> so yeah, lots of people get stuck on the posing and what to say to this person in front of you. So we give lots of ideas for how to do that and the main things you need to think about when you're posing a female or a man. Um, and then we talk about what to do after. Um, you've done the shoot, what to do with the images, how to get it to them, um, and how to upsell as well. Eddie mentioned that right at the very beginning. It's, it's all about, you know, trying to make sales from it. You know, we're in business after all. So making sure that they're so delighted that they want to buy even more of them from you. So yeah. have I done a good recap there, Eddie? That's a good recap. And then I was just going to say who we've designed it for, um, which is yes. like we've said for family and wedding photographers that want to disaster proof their business. Um or people that have start that are doing a bit of branding photography but find it intimidating. So I think we might mention that. <laughs> so they want to, to, you know, learn a, a bit more, a few more tips on how to feel confident about it. And people that want to to work with more uh, female-led creative businesses as well, which is just yeah. really great fun, I think. So and then mm. there's a few extras, isn't there, Vicky? Yes. So we've got some templates and they're handy Canva templates, like a pricing template, um, a checklist that you can send to your clients. We've got some email templates because everyone loves to grab an email template. Um, and Eddie's flawless brush as well to make people look flawless. Flawless skin brush, yes. Flawless, light, get light it right. Brush, yeah. Flawless skin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a new set of um, Lightroom presets called Portraiture Collection, and it's got like a makeup bag, I like to call it, of uh, tools. Oh, cool. So you can, you know, iron out the wrinkles, you can give your client a bit of blusher or a bit of lipstick. So, you know, just to, so to make them the best version of themselves. Don't you wish you could just do that to your face in real life? Like sometimes I look in the mirror and I try and retouch my face just looking yes. at it, you know? It's called makeup. <laughs> I, you just I was just about to say that. Like, I'll stand in front of the mirror in the morning and be like, if only I could, I I could just liquefy that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pull that bit in. I've For told real. I've told a plastic surgeon that basically I'm doing him out of a job. I have actually said that he's one of my clients. Well, so I'm like, I'm really sorry, but you know, I'm kind of doing you out of a job because I'm making my clients look great. Yeah, but they might go remembered. to him so that they, yeah. <laughs> Oh, they might life, then go to never. him so they look like they do in the photos, might they, right. afterwards. <laughs> it never works out that well that way, though, and we are way cheaper. If you look at us that way, exactly. the well, most maybe expensive I can get affiliate still payment. a bargain. <laughs> Crazy. Um, well, excellent. I am super excited. Tell me a little bit more about where we can find all the information on this course. Yes. So if you go to, this is a little bit of a mouthful, so I assume you'll put this in the show notes as I well. I certainly but will. But it's uh, <laughs> good. It's shooteditchatrepeat.com forward slash course. Easy. Or just go to the, if you just go That's to not our, hard. Pretty easy, isn't it? That's okay. Um, and we've also got um, a handy 10% discount for your listeners as well. Oh, lovely, so, lovely. Yeah. So we're put, if you use the discount code onomy, so hopefully they can spell that onomy. <laughs> That's A-N-N-E-M-I-E. Oh, I bet you love that. Spend your life doing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then I can tell the whole story about it and everything else. Yeah. Um, So shooteditchatrepeat.com slash course. Yes. Yes. And then they get all the information there. And then discount code onomy. They get 10% the 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 price will magically reduce by 10%. Um, Now, it is in pounds, but obviously you pay in any currency. So... 
everyone around the world, please don't be put off that it's in pounds because you can pay in any currency, obviously. Excellent. And brand photography there looks a lot like brand photography here. And I'm sure exactly. all around the world. <laughs> Except you get better um, weather most of the time. But although it's sunny today yeah, for a change. It is sunny today. <laughs> Springtime. Still chilly. Can't come fast <laughs> enough. I know. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with me today. This is, it's always such great fun to talk to you, but I also feel like this is such a great topic and so relevant for so many people. And I just know that my listeners are going to eat it up. Um, oh, thank you. So anyway, it's- Thank uh, you it's so much. You. Yes. It, it was, was really good to hear your voice and- see your face <laughs> always I feel like I I come out of these chats with you with my face hurting from laughing <laughs> which you know it's just uh, a really nice excuse at the moment to just put a bit of makeup on and you know put your hair uh, yes, up and you know <laughs> <laughs> indeed well good well have a great day and hopefully I will see you back on the show sometime soon oh thank you oh, so lovely. much Thanks, on me. all right bye-bye well bye. that's it for this week's episode of this can't be that hard I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.